Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. My name is Isaac, and I have the privilege of being our young adults pastor here at Gateway. And I'm glad that I get this opportunity to share with you today. Hopefully you've had your coffee. Um, Quick disclaimer, we're going to go through the entire book of Jonah this morning. Okay, so buckle up, hang with me. Um, We're going to get through it. It's only four chapters, 48 verses, all right? So I think we can handle it. I'm not going to read it all, but we're going to go through the whole thing. But I'm excited to be here. I want to welcome Tempe. You're joining us. We're so glad that you're with us today and everyone watching online as well. If you're new, hopefully you felt welcomed already. You've already been able to connect with somebody. Uh, Hopefully you've got a coffee from the the cafe. Um, But don't, I know you'd be tempted to sneak out really quickly after the service, but I want to encourage you, if you are new, um, stop by, meet somebody, grab a coffee and connect with somebody today. We love meeting people new people here at Gateway. So um, so if you have a Bible, go ahead, open up to Jonah chapter one. Jonah chapter one. Uh, if you're on the version Bible app, there's notes in there as well. Um, you can j- jump to Jonah chapter one very easily there as well. <clears throat> I'm gonna begin reading. Jonah, <clears throat> excuse me. Jonah chapter one, verse one. The Bible says this. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, Amittai saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Turn with me to Jonah chapter four. Should just be one page later. Jonah chapter four. Verse one through two, it says this, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish for I know, everybody say, I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm, one who relents from doing harm. Harb, I want to talk for the next few moments. Uh, title of the message today is I See It Now. I See It Now. All right, let's pray, and then we'll jump into what I believe God has for us today. God, I thank you so much for your presence. God, I thank you that you are so obviously here today. God, I pray that, that your presence would be felt and experienced uh, in Tempe as well, and wherever anybody is watching at home or coffee or whenever they're watching this. God, I thank you that you desire to speak to us. God, that you love us so much that your presence is here. And uh, God, we pray, we ask that every single one of us, no matter what has brought us to this space or this message, God, I pray we would leave a little bit different, a little bit more like you, a little bit more in love with you, a little bit more aware of your presence in our life than when we came in, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Um, Question for you, Um, have you ever been telling a story that you've been su- you were super excited about. Like this is a story you couldn't wait to get home and tell your spouse it could not, like a text message was not gonna do. A phone call, they were not gonna be able to see your facial expressions, you weren't gonna be able to see theirs. You were so excited to tell this story that you rushed home and you, you start telling the story and you realize like a minute in, two minutes in, that they just kind of start to nod off and kind of check out. 
You know what I mean? Have you ever had this happen? Wives, you for sure know this, okay? Um, my wife for sure. Uh, but you've been telling a story and you just, you notice, you notice that like two minutes in, they kind of like land on a detail and then they are gone the rest of the conversation. You know what I mean? And they just kind of start to assume, right? This is where that whole thing in counseling, that like communication deal, it's like, here's what I heard you say. That's where that comes from, okay? Because you just stop halfway through. Um, I wonder today, um, how many of you are familiar with the book of Jonah? You're familiar with the book of Jonah. Just go ahead and raise a hand. Okay, cool. Um, on the count of three, Jonah and the... Okay, cool. Hang with me today. Um, because I think by the end of today, by the end of today, um, you might realize if you're familiar with Jonah, that you might be a lot more like them, that person in the story that kind of might have a tendency to check out and kind of just pick up the detail and move on than you think you are. Okay. There, there, there is a lot to Jonah. We're going to jump into it. Jonah chapter one, Jonah chapter one and verse one, the Bible says that the, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Now, as we begin, this is a very foundational thing we must understand, okay? God never changes. God has never changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah, you can understand, you can know, you can bank on, you can stand on the fact that God is still speaking to you and I today, okay? I don't know if there has ever been a time in, I'm sure there has never been a time in my life, that's for sure, where we have, never, we have ever needed more now words from the Lord the moment you wake up than right now. With the state of things going on, we need more now words from the Lord than, than maybe we ever have, okay? Like we desperately need a now word from the Lord every single day. And the good news is, is that he's still speaking. The good news is he desires to speak to you. He desires to communicate. He cares about that decision you have to make. He cares about uh, uh, that situation that you're going through. He cares about that thing that hurt, that relationship that you have. God is, is still speaking. And, and the word of the Lord comes to Jonah and God calls Jonah. God gives Jonah an assignment. Now we love to talk about assignments in church, don't we? We love to talk about that you have purpose, that, that there's purpose for your life, that there is calling on your life. We love that part. We don't love the part that comes after that, that, that says you don't get to determine what that is, okay? The word of the Lord comes to Jonah and, and God calls Jonah to go to Nineveh. Now, if you are familiar with Jonah at all, you, like me, have had a tendency maybe to judge Jonah a little too quickly than we maybe should, Okay. Let's just, let's just get some context here. Nineveh is not a fantastic place, okay? Nineveh is not your in-law's house, okay? Though you may want to call it that at times, it is not, it is not that place, okay? Nineveh is a barbaric place. It's a capital of a kingdom called Assyria, okay? They are Israel's bitter enemies, Okay, and, and, and they are not fantastic humans, okay? In fact, they would crush it on Twitter today, okay? Like they would love Twitter. And, and the reason I say that is they didn't just want to be known, they, they just didn't want to scare people and intimidate people, the people of the Lord, and, and they didn't just want, to, want to, 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 for people to know how dominant they were. They desired that word would spread so much so that even people they didn't encounter would still fear them. They would, they would skin people alive. They would, they, there, were even, there were even times they would stack, they would collect heads outside of the city so that others would see and know who was most dominant. They, they were not fantastic humans. And these are the people 
that God assigns Jonah to go and preach to. Some of us, okay, some of us, like we, we have a tendency to read this and we're like, Jonah, come on, dude, like go. Like, how come you don't? But like, we have a hard time inviting a coworker to church, right? And Jonah's like, Nineveh, okay, guys? Like, I think that's a little bit more difficult than like your workplace, okay? Jonah is faced with, with Nineveh. And, and, it, and it interests me because I, I, I don't believe Jonah was upset with the fact that God asked him to go and preach repentance. I think the problem that Jonah had was that it was Nineveh. And what we find right off the bat is that where matters to God. Where matters to God. In fact, who, what, where, when, why, and how, they all matter to the Lord. You see, again, like I said, we love to talk about purpose. We love to talk about calling. But oftentimes in our spheres, in our sometimes bubble that we can create, we oftentimes love the call from God, but would like to determine where we get to walk that out that's most convenient for us, don't we? Oh, we, we love a call from God, but we wanted to, God, does next Friday work for you? Because I'm kind of, I'm playing golf the next couple days and then like I, we're gonna go Disneyland. So next Friday, that would actually really work really, really well. And I'm not trying to make light of your situation. I'm trying to help you understand that sometimes we have a tendency to kind of bargain with the Lord, don't we? God, the assignment, awesome. Where? Not so great. How about, how about Scottsdale, Arizona? That sounds awesome, right? Like everybody else is going there too. That'd be a fantastic place. But what we find is that where matters to God just as much as the what does. In fact, in fact, not everything that God asks you or I to do, we're really gonna like. Or I should say, we're even gonna approve of. As I was, as I was studying for this, I felt the Lord say, Isaac, um, have you always approved of what I've asked you to do? I said, absolutely not. Definitely not. Um, there have been times when I, I, I kind of, and, and I felt like the Lord said, Isaac, like, if you approve of everything I say the first time I say it, you, you, you might, we might be hearing different things. Like, like if, if everything that God tells you, you're just like, awesome, let's go. You don't ask questions. You, 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 know, you don't get frustrated a little bit. You don't have to like look at your schedule and, and make some phone calls and be like, hey, I'm not gonna be able to go to lunch actually anymore on Friday because I got something else that just came up. Like if it doesn't adjust your schedule, if it doesn't mess with your comfortability, if it doesn't cause you maybe to talk to somebody that, that you haven't talked to in a long time that you're really not excited about, if everything that God asks you to do, you're just like, cool, let's go. I, I wonder if that is actually his voice or if I might be interpreting it through my preferences. You see, what you understand is that, um, that God requests will often make you uncomfortable, upset your plans, and stretch you beyond what you're used to. In fact, obedience requires a commitment that removes comfort as an option. Like we don't get to do this thing called following Jesus and, and, and walking and calling and purpose and everything God has for me to do and hold on to my comfort and hold on to my schedule and hold on to my convenience. What you find very quickly actually in a relationship with the Lord is that those two things kind of go away. See, but there's some tension points for Jonah, isn't there? 
A couple reasons Jonah may not, may not be super excited about going to Nineveh. Number one, he, he might be afraid. There's obviously probably a little bit of fear in there. Number two is what you realize is that Jonah doesn't want to be labeled a traitor. I mean, these are, this is Israel's bitter enemy. I think a lot of us might give Jonah a pass and be like, dude, if there was anybody that maybe God might have got wrong, you probably shouldn't talk to them. Like, it'd probably be them. Jonah doesn't want to be labeled a traitor. If he goes to, to Israel's bitter enemy and preaches repentance, and they do, and God forget, like, how is that going to look to everybody else that I'm just like hanging out with those that, that are our bitter enemy? And the, the, the third tension point, as I, was, as I was studying, one scholar says, a handful of scholars actually say that, that Jonah has actually already had a prophecy reversed. And, and, and so if he, were to, if he were to go and prophesy, hey, um, you're out. Like you got 40 days, pack up your bags, get out. And, and then they were to cry out to God and God were to hear their cry and be merciful on them. Well, that's, that's twice now that Jonah has prophesied and somebody's come in and, and changed it. How does that look to everyone, to everyone else? How does, that, how does that look? There are some tension points for Jonah, but what we see, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says that, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. What you got to understand is that often some of, the, some of God's greatest works are done through your weaknesses. That your weaknesses are actually the perfect opportunity to see God do some great things in your life. But oftentimes, don't we? We, we hide them. We cover them up. We don't want to reveal them. We don't like talking about them. We just, we just want to talk about what our top five strengths are. We don't want to talk about what our bottom five are, right? But I think God may actually be a little bit more concerned sometimes with what our bottom five are because that's where he can use us, work through us. His strength is made perfect in our, in our weakness. See, Jonah thinks he's running for his life, but what he doesn't realize is he's actually running from his life. Here's a question for you this morning as we, as we get started. What are you running from that you ought to be running to? What is it that, that you're afraid of? What is it that you know God's called you to, you know God's asked you to do, but you're running from it rather than running to it? And we see that Jonah would not listen to the words of the Lord. Jonah was not excited about this call. And so Jonah runs as far as he possibly can. What you got to know is that Nineveh is only 500 miles from where Jonah is. Tarshish was about 2,000 miles west in the opposite direction. As if to send a very clear message, I just don't want, it's not that I just don't want to do this, it's I really don't want to do this. I, I want to get as far away as I possibly can. And a storm comes and, and, and everybody's calling in a storm, but Jonah knows. Everybody's asleep uh, or, or everybody's awake, panicking. Jonah's asleep. Jonah knows. Jonah knows this is my fault. Jonah starts to realize very, very quickly that there is a way that's more costly, more exhausting, okay? And, 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 and is more dangerous than any other way. And it's his. How, how many of you maybe could testify today that there is a way that's more costly, more exhausting, and more dangerous than all the others, and it's yours. Anybody ever try to do things on their own and quickly, quickly realize it costs you more money, it costs you more relationships, it, 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 it takes some things out of your life that maybe God didn't intend initially for that to happen. There are some things that when I step out and do things my way, 
it generally doesn't work out very, very hot. And Jonah is, is realizing this and, and Jonah does everything he can once again to flee what God's asked him to do. You, you would think, Jonah, all right, cool, you tried. Let's just, let's maybe like, let's obey now. Jonah, in, in an effort to get so far away from God, jumps, risks his life by diving into, diving into the water. And, and look at what it says in Jonah, in Jonah chapter 17. This is, so, this is so amazing. And I think for many of us here today, this might be your word today. I'm not gonna tell you that. Let the Holy Spirit tell you that. But Jonah chapter 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. The fish wasn't punishment. It was God's provision. The fish wasn't punishment. It was, it was God's provision. See, it, it, it isn't always as it, as it seems. God's provision doesn't always necessarily look how you want it to, but it is always what you need. Like, like that job that, that you didn't get about a year ago. Was that, was that or, or, or maybe, maybe God saw something bigger and, and now, now that's where you're, you find yourself today with that job that you have now or that relationship. It isn't always as it, seems the, the fish was not punishment, it was God's provision. And Jonah finally starts praying. And, and here's, the, here's my frustration with Jonah. Can I be honest with you today? Here's my frustration with Jonah. Jonah chapter one, God says, Jonah, got an assignment for you, got big call on your life. Jonah picked you. Jonah, I got something for you to do. Jonah doesn't say a word. God says, go to Nineveh. Jonah doesn't say a word. Jonah just runs. Bible tells us Jonah doesn't say anything. Bible doesn't show us that Jonah says anything until he's in the belly of a fish. Now it's like, okay, I probably should start praying now. Like I probably should, I might wanna get you involved in how this whole thing is going. And, and, and what we find is that prayer ought to be our first response, not our last resort, um, but there's never a bad time to start praying. There is never a bad time to get God involved in your life. Maybe today you find yourself here, like you don't really understand what this whole church thing is, this whole following Jesus thing is. And maybe you're here because somebody dragged you here. Maybe you're here because somebody tricked you into thinking that this was breakfast and we would have breakfast, but really it was just like pastries in the cafe. And you're, they're like, hey, let's go to coffee. And you're like, sounds good to me. And then you find yourself here. Um, and maybe you, you found that you've been doing your own thing this, like, this whole time. I haven't really got God involved and wondering like, is there still plan A for my life? Is there still something that God has for me? The good news is yes. There's never a bad time to get God involved. There's never a better time to get God involved than right now. Like God has something for you in Jonah. Jonah in Jonah chapter two, verse one, the Bible says that, that, that Jonah, then Jonah prayed. Then Jonah prayed. And in Jonah chapter two, this is, there's this whole kind of, really it's more of a monologue than anything from Jonah, of Jonah just like laying out all of his feelings, his frustrations, kind of pouting a little bit, right? As we all have a tendency to do at times, he's kind of whining a little bit, like, God, why did you do this? This is this, this is this, and kind of goes through all of his deals. And in Jonah chapter two, verse eight, we learn a very powerful lesson from Jonah's life. Jonah chapter two, Verse eight, Jonah finally comes to the end of his rope. And he says this, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. Jonah gets to a point where he realized he's made comfort and convenience an idol in his life. 
The call, awesome. My comfort, convenience, a little bit more important. Jonah comes, finally comes to the end of himself in Jonah chapter two, verse eight, and recognizes that every call requires crushing. Some we don't like to talk about a lot in church. We don't like to talk about as it relates to what God has called us to do, but we understand that every call requires crushing. And as I heard that from the Lord this, this past couple of weeks and I was studying for this, I was like, Lord, like that's a hard word though. Like, can you help me understand? Cause that's not a word you just toss out there. That doesn't make people excited about doing this thing, right? Like that doesn't get people like, I'm in. Like, God, what are you trying to say? And I felt like the Lord gave me this definition for crushing and I would love for you to write this down. Every call requires crushing. Here's, 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 here's how I define it. Carefully administered compression to the point that the unhealthy things are squeezed out so that life and divine purpose can be revealed and experienced. Crushing. That that, that, that which is unhealthy would be squeezed out of my life. Any idols that I have that are not his, that I might fully be able to walk in everything that God has called me to do. God's called you to something. Every call requires crushing. Now, now here's, here's one of the best parts about the story. One of the best parts about the story in Jonah. Jonah, Jonah chapter two, verse 10. The Bible says this. So the Lord, Jonah finally comes to the end of himself. Okay, Jonah finally is like, okay, I've literally like three days. I've just whined and complained. I got nothing left. Like uh, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. And the Bible says that so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land onto dry land. Jonah spent three days, three nights in the belly of this fish. And, and I want to submit to you today that seasons come and go, but oftentimes you get to determine how long you're in them by whether or not you're willing to put in the work that God has for you to do. Now it can be very easy to assume that this is task work, can it? Like, God, I need to read my Bible five days a week, seven days a week. I need to do it for an hour a day and then I need to pray at night and then I need to do this. And no, 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 no. There's a, again, let's go back to the definition of crushing. There's some unhealthy things. There, there is, there, there's, there's something that God wants to produce in you so that you can sustain whatever it is that he's called you to. Seasons come and go. There's a heart work that God wants to do in each and every one of our lives. And, and, and Jonah finally submits to the Lord and, and, and he goes. And what we realize is Jonah's a little bit like us. Okay, I should say this. I don't want to, I don't want to assume about, about you. I don't want to step on your toes. Jonah, let's just say Jonah's like me. Jonah's a little petty, okay? Jonah's a little petty sometimes. Because initially in Jonah chapter one, God tells him, hey, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, tells him to go and preach repentance. Go and, 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 and their wickedness has come up against me. It says, arise, go to Nineveh, cry it against it for the wickedness has come up before me. Jonah chapter three Jonah just goes and says this. This is what Jonah says, okay? This is what Jonah says to, to the people of Nineveh. He says, um, yet 40 days and you shall be overthrown. I don't, Jonah just goes and is like, hey, you got 40 days. You might as well just end now. Like you just, it's not looking good, okay? Doesn't, doesn't tell them anything that they must do uh, doesn't, doesn't say, Hey, like, like, Hey, like God's watching. Like I was like, just like, Hey, 40 days you're out. Like it is just 
Like it's the, it, it is one of the more savage things that you could say to somebody, just, hey, 40 days, nothing you can do. You're just out, like you're done. And what we see is that God uses this, this message from Jonah anyways. God uses this message from Jonah anyways. And, 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 and the people of Nineveh, the Bible says that they cry out to the Lord. And, that, and in verse 10, that God saw their works, that they turned from their evil ways. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. And the Bible says that Jonah is so angry and frustrated that he calls God's compassion and mercy towards Nineveh evil. Okay, I mean, I know you've messed up in your life, but that is, that's some courage right there. I mean, that is, that's a whole nother level of like, hey, tell me how you're feeling. Okay, like that is, that's, that's a little extreme. And, and what Jonah is faced with is a reality that his feelings towards them will never change God's feelings towards them. How many of you maybe in your life have had that same recognition that maybe there, there's been a relationship, a difficulty in your life and, and, and God just seems to keep blessing them and, keep, and what you realize is that, you know what? It doesn't matter what your feelings are towards them. It cannot change the way that God feels towards them. And Jonah is livid. Jonah in Jonah four, chapter four, verse two, we read it to begin. We read it to begin. The Bible says that Jonah said, ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I, was, therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. See, Jonah realizes that in theory, we say that God for can, can forgive, but in practice, we sometimes discover that the reality of that is hard to handle. Oh, like preach repentance and then, but then God does it. And we're like, I wasn't really, I didn't, I, I didn't think you were actually gonna do it. Like God, I didn't, God, but do you know what they did? God, years, history documents the continual behavior towards your people and yet you still yeah I yeah I did and Jonah cannot accept it Jonah cannot accept it Jonah cannot stand that God would be so gracious so merciful to the people of Nineveh and so Jonah runs out of the city Jonah runs out of the city uh, you know, in, in, my, in my brain, I just imagine him running out of the city to the top of this hill, sitting on this little park bench and God finds him there. And God just begins to outline this little object lesson for Jonah. Uh, a plant grows up, gives him shade when it's exhausting. And Jonah two more times is like, Lord, just kill me now. I can't do this anymore. Like he is so frustrated, so angry at God. So, so angry about the fact that God would have compassion and mercy on the very people that are taking them out, that are coming against them that are their bitter enemies. And God just begins to outline this whole little discourse, uh, this, this whole little thing for, for Jonah that he might see it. I wonder today, do you see it? Do you see it in Jonah's life, in Jonah's story? Let me, let me show you. Let me show you. God speaks to Jonah, calls Jonah assigns Jonah. Jonah's afraid. Jonah's frustrated. Jonah can't stand where, so Jonah runs. God loves Jonah so much that he pursues Jonah anyways. God comes after Jonah and Jonah wouldn't listen to the wind or wouldn't listen to God's word, so God spoke to him through the wind. 
God did anything he could to get Jonah's attention, but Jonah, is, Jonah cannot accept where God has asked him to do and cannot accept the call on his life. So he tries, to, he tries to get out and recognizes that one of the only ways he can maybe escape what God's asked him to do is to jump into the, is to jump into the ocean, to, 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 to risk his own life in getting away from God to avoid doing what God asked him to do. But God is so merciful towards Jonah. God cares so much for Jonah that he provides a means of salvation for Jonah. He could not stand to let Jonah fall, so he provided a fish to swallow him. Jonah spends three days whining, complaining, throwing a fit to the Lord because of what's happened in his life, because of what's gone on, because of what God has called him to do, and because of where he finds himself right now. But God is patient towards Jonah. God sits for three days and just hears Jonah out. God doesn't argue with Jonah. God doesn't throw a fit at Jonah. God's not angry at Jonah. He just listens. Jonah finally comes to the end of himself and says, you know what, God, I'll submit. But he's still got a little bitterness in there. And so he goes and he does what God asked him to do, but only part of the way. God uses an imperfect message from an imperfect person so that people might encounter him and see him and step into the, step into the grace and the mercy of him. But Jonah is so frustrated, so angry, so bitter because God would, God would spare some of his enemies. God hears Jonah. God, once again, is patient, slow to anger, quick to relent from doing harm, and he listens to Jonah, hears Jonah's cry, despite the fact that Jonah's basis of his emotions is probably not correct based on what God, what God is doing in a, in, a, in a bigger picture. God listens to Jonah. Jonah gets out what he needs to get out to the Lord, but he's still so angry that he runs away because he would rather die than see God be compassionate to someone else. He would rather die than see God call him into something that would lead to others, to his enemies coming to know the Lord. And God is so gracious, patient, merciful, and slow to anger with Jonah that God, even though he has every right to be angry at Jonah because he hasn't obeyed, every right to be angry at Jonah because he hates his enemies, every right to be angry at Jonah because he's throwing a fit and just will not listen and see it, God sits with Jonah and walks him through a couple little object lessons in an effort to help Jonah see I love them. And in fact, I still love you too. You see, the very thing that Jonah was so frustrated and angry about, that God would have mercy and compassion on the people of Nineveh, he also failed to see it was for him too. And what we realize in the book of Jonah is that the book of Jonah is not really about Jonah. The book of Jonah is not even really about the city of Nineveh. The book of Jonah is, 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 is not about a whale. Yes, they're characters, but dare I say they're supporting characters simply there to reflect and display the character of God. Can I show you? Jonah, in the book of Jonah, 48 verses, four chapters. You know how many times the whale shows up? Four times in three verses. Jonah Four chapters, 48 verses, nine times the city of Nineveh is mentioned. Jonah, four chapters, 48 verses, 18 times Jonah is mentioned. And wouldn't you know it that 38 times in four chapters and 48 verses, you've got 48 verses to communicate what it is you hope people would see. And in 38 verses, God and his character is revealed or mentioned. 38 times. See, this whole thing is about Jonah. 
This whole, or this whole thing is about God, excuse me. It's not about Jonah. It's, it's not really about the whale. It's so much more than that. And you say, Isaac, why does this matter? This, okay, that's cute, but what does, this have, what does this have to do anything with me? And here's the deal. is because you're Jonah. Not literally, but we act like Jonah, don't we? We run, we throw fits, we pout, we idolize convenience and comfortability. We, we, we cannot stand when God's mercy and gracious towards those that we, that we, that we don't like, that, we, that we've had, had broken relationships with. We have a tendency to not see the bigger picture. We have a tendency to miss it when God's trying to show us what he's really trying to show us. We have a tendency to just keep going and be so self-focused on what's going on in my life only right now at the moment and miss the fact Here's the thing, if what you can see is all you can see, you're not seeing all that needs to be seen. See, because if you were to really look back, God's been better and more gracious and more merciful and, and better in your life than you can even see or notice. Preston talked about a couple weeks ago that theology is not an intellectual thing, it's a romantic thing, it's a relational thing. The study of God is, is, a, is an intellectual thing, it's, it, or it's not an intellectual thing, it's a romantic thing, it's a, it's a relational thing. And you see, I, I have a lot of conversations with young adults and, and students, and, and I've had an opportunity to have a lot of conversations with some of you, and, and, and one of the things that, that, that tends to come up sometimes is as we, as we approach Scripture and as we dig in is that there's this idea that God of the Hebrew Scriptures, God of the Old Testament, is, is angry, he's frustrated, he's scary, he's hard to please, he's difficult to be around. And then God of the New Testament is like long hair, skinny jeans, and just wants to cuddle. Okay? And I think if we were to be honest, some of us have a tendency to maybe approach Scripture that way sometimes. Maybe we have a tendency even to approach God sometimes like that and be like, God, where, where am I, which one am I getting today, right? As if, as if God is like split. The reality is he, he, he's not. The, the frustration towards God from the very beginning has never been because he's, he's angry, has never been because he, he's difficult to please, has never been because he's scary. The frustration towards God throughout all of scripture has been because he's too merciful, he's too gracious, he's slow to anger, he's quick to relent from doing harm, he's abundant in loving kindness, even to the point that it would be towards our enemies. Even to the point where we would say, God, this isn't fair. God, why? And let me show you something. Hidden in Jonah chapter one is a, is a gift, is a gift for Jonah and a gift, I believe today for you and I. If you're facing a situation where like, God, this isn't fair. God, I don't know what to do. Or maybe you find yourself running from, from something that God's asked you to do or, or whatever the case is. Hidden in Jonah chapter one is a gift. See, I, I've, I've never really been good at giving gifts um, because I always try, I always, like, I, I am not good at keeping secrets. Um, in fact, a week ago, we found out that we were having a girl. And we found out on Thursday that our baby number two is a, is a girl. And, and we found out Thursday at like 3 p.m. And I told Audie, we got to go home. We got to call our family right now. Because I got church in like two hours. And there's no way I'm making it through that. <laughs> there is no way. So we're like, call my family. They're like three hours ahead. You know, I'm like, hey, I know it's like 8 p.m. But like, here's the deal. And and I just tell them, and, and you know what? I, I start starting to figure out the older I get, I'm starting to realize where I get it from. Well, I, I get it from my heavenly father. 
He, he, he loves, loves giving gifts and, and he couldn't even wait for the entire story of Jonah to be laid out before, before Jonah might have an opportunity to see it. Jonah chapter one, verse one. I wanna show you something. Jonah chapter one, verse one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, the son of Amittai, the son of Amittai. I wonder today, the, the son of Amittai. You know what Amittai means? It means faithfulness. It means truth. It means true steadiness, sureness. And hidden in Jonah 1 is a gift for all of us. And I felt like the Lord said to me, it's coming into today. He said, Isaac, if they only knew who their daddy was. Preston preached a message last week title, who's your, who's your daddy? And, and um, as, as I was coming in, I, I almost contemplated titling this message seriously if you only knew who your daddy was. He's faithful. Jonah, son of Amittai. Son of the one who's faithful. And I wonder today if you would get a revelation that your heavenly father is the one who is faithful. He is true. He is steady in all things at all times. How it might give you the courage to keep moving. How it might give you the courage to keep moving forward, to do that thing that God's asked you to do, to step in and try to restore that relationship that, that you haven't been excited about restoring, to do that thing that scares you, that you know God is calling you to. If you truly knew who your daddy was, and here's, here's a question today as, as we're, as you come to the end, Jonah knew, Bible says, Jonah knew, Jonah 4 verse 2, he says, for, for I know you to be a merciful and gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, quick to relent from doing harm. But have you allowed what you know to be true to become so basic that you're now blind to it? Have you allowed what you know to be true about God to become so basic that you're blind to it, that you can't see that he's been with you this entire time, that you can't see that not getting that job was actually his provision, not his punishment, that that, that, that relationship moving on was actually part of what God is trying to grow in you, wasn't punishment, that God's, got, got, that God's calling you to something that's so much bigger than you, but there's some comfortability and some convenience that we gotta work out so that we can really step into what it is that God has for us. I wonder if we would really pause and take a look and walk back, we might see, man, God, you're, you've been there the whole time. When I ran, you pursued me. When I threw a fit, you weren't angry, you listened. God, when I was pouting, when I didn't see it, you were patient with me. You were present with me. I wasn't alone. You were present with me. And God, you gave me a second chance. God, I didn't deserve it. I ran from you. I tried everything. I risked my life to get away from you. And yet a second chance is for me? Yeah. God, purpose is still my plan A? Yep. God, you still want me to love them? Yep. 
Because the same mercy, the same grace. You failed to see over the course of this time, Jonah. I want to extend to them too. And I wonder if we would pause and we would see it. We would pause and we would allow God, who's got a different perspective than us, we might see that he's been there this whole time. John chapter 1, verse 12, says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You are a son and a daughter of the one who is faithful. Jonah found out that God's faithfulness is not based on his feelings, not based on his behavior, not based on his idea of what should happen, but God's faithful to his character in every single season. And I wonder if you look back over the course of your life, what do you see? Do you see that you ran? Do you see that you threw a fit? Do you see that you were impatient? Do you see, or do you see that God pursued? Did you see that God is patient with you? Do you see that God's kindness is what brought you back to him? Do you see that he was there that whole time, that you were never alone? What do you see? My prayer today is that we might be able to say, God, I'm so sorry that it took me this long, but I see it now. I see it now. I see it now. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I believe today that God wants to show us some things. You see, like Jonah, after all this was said and done, God met Jonah at the top of a hill overlooking this city called Nineveh and had every right to be angry, had every right to be impatient, had every right to tell Jonah to just zip his mouth and listen. But he sat with Jonah. He was patient with Jonah. And he showed him what he couldn't see. Today, I believe that our response is very, very simple. God wants to sit with you. And I don't know what your city of Nineveh is. Again, it's not your in-law's house. I don't know what it is. I don't know what relationship that God, Holy Spirit might be speaking to you about right now, that there's some bitterness, there's some forgiveness, and God wants to lead you through it. I don't know what it is that, that God's called you to do that, that maybe you've been running away from or, or maybe you find yourself frustrated because you took some steps in the direction that you thought God asked you to do, but it seems like the season of waiting in that belly of the fish is a little longer than you anticipated. You're a little frustrated, a little angry. God wants to lead you through it. God wants to show you some things that you don't see. He's got a different perspective than you. And I know it doesn't seem fair, but he's got a different perspective than you. your head bowed and your eyes closed, I believe there's two questions that, that as we sing, as we worship, that you just there in your seat with the Lord, I believe that I want to encourage you to ask him. It's number one is, God, what do you want me to see about? And then fill in the blank. Might be a person's name. Might be an assignment that God's given you. Might be a job that you have or don't have might be a decision you're faced with. God, what do you want me to see about fill in the blank? 
And the second question is, God, what do you want me to see about you? What is it about you that I've missed, that I haven't seen, that if I would only see and know who my father is? I want to encourage you, if you only knew who your father was, you wouldn't make that life-altering decision you've thought about. If you only knew who your daddy was, you wouldn't. You wouldn't run away. If you only knew who your daddy was, you would lean into that relationship, though it's difficult, though it's hard. If you only knew who your daddy was, you'd get back in the game because he is a God of second chances and he loves you. He is merciful and gracious, abundant in loving kindness, slow to anger, quick to relent from doing harm. He wants to meet with you just like he did Jonah take a little walk down memory lane. God, I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you that you are who you are all the time. Though we miss it, you stay the same. Though we don't see it, you stay the same. Though we don't trust it sometimes, you stay the same. Though we don't like it, sometimes you stay the same. God, I thank you in a world that is crashing all around us. God, we can stand and know that our Father is the one who is faithful to his character in every single season. It doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter what we go through. You are kind. You are merciful. You are gracious. You are slow to anger. You are quick to relent from doing harm. You are abundant in loving kindness. And it is your kindness that draws us back to you. So God, show us. Show us what we can't see. Show us what we need to see. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. There is no desert that your streams can't run to. There are no ruins that your love won't make new. You tell this wasteland that it will bloom again. Cause it's your nature.
this wasteland that it will bloom again cause it's your Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.